Have you struggled with self-confidence? Being over 50, I've had countless moments of self-doubt from questioning my career choices to going through a divorce and trying to navigate the dating world as a single mom. Sometimes it feels like the doubts just keep piling up, but I know I'm not alone in this struggle. I am your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to be sharing the Beautifully Confident show, where we'll explore ways to grow our confidence inside and out. We'll hear from experts who have been through it all and learn practical tips for embracing our strengths and feeling more self-assured. I'm excited to embark on this journey of self-discovery and growth, and I hope you'll join me in overcoming our doubts and fears and become beautifully confident together. Hi, and welcome to the Beautifully Confident Show. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to have you here. On our show, we explore the powerful connection between beauty and confidence, and we hear from incredible experts who have overcome challenges and risen to be the beautifully confident, typically women, they are today. But I have a special guest for you today. And as I have gotten to know Andre, I just felt so compelled that everyone needs to hear his story because his story is, is something everyone can relate to. There's so many pieces to his story, and I am excited to have him here. Welcome, Andre. Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm super happy to be here. Absolutely. I have gotten to know Andre over the past few months, and every time I talk to him, he just touches my heart, and I just felt like women, women in particular even, could be impacted by his story. Um, and what he did to move past these things that really shook his confidence, because we're all affected by these things. So Andre, let's dig in and share with our listeners a little bit about your journey. Um, and then we'll get into, you know, kind of a stronger turning point in your life that you knew you had to overcome and, and grow your confidence and what you're doing now. So go ahead and start with your journey. I think it's just amazing. All right. So I am originally from the Czech Republic. I'm 23 years old right now. But for the past almost two years, I've been traveling the world full time, helping people with social anxiety and imposter syndrome and fear of rejection, fear of being judged. And it's been an incredible, incredible journey being able to go to over 20 countries at this point that even my young age and exploring different cultures and different perspectives and different mindsets um, has been very like eye-opening and um, just lovely to explore the world completely. And um, that's been my journey for the past two years. But um, like you said, I've had many challenges that I had to overcome. So I, yeah. I, say, I tell people that my, I've had basically two lives. What, and we all kind of have two lives sometimes. When like one is before your awakening or before you make a big decision to change your life and start something completely new. And then after that, right? So for me, my new life started when I was around 13 years old. And up until that point, I had very severe social anxiety. I was being bullied in school. I um, had very strict parents and also grew up in a poor family. So there was many fights basically every day about money or mostly about money, but also about other things all the time, every day a fight at home. So as a kid, 12, 11, 12 year old kid, you have basically only school and home, right? And then yeah. in school I was being bullied and then at home I was being yelled at every single day. So not a really, not a really great 
beginning. It wasn't the worst. Like I've heard like tougher stories. So not like, a, oh, look at me, I'm a victim kind of story. But that's that was my beginning. And I absolutely hated it, hated my life. And what kind of switched? There was two moments when I was 13 years old that changed um, my the course of my life, really. One of them was I discovered videos of random acts of kindness and videos that were labeled real life heroes. And on the videos, I saw people doing small things like helping somebody across the street to big things, running into a firing building, like a building on fire to save a, a child or a dog. And I remember when I discovered those, I would just lay on my bed for the next maybe two or three days after school. And I was just crying my eyes out looking at these videos. And it was very emotional for me because this was the very first time when I saw that there are good people out there in the world. And up until that point, I felt like that there are only bad or evil people in the world, like out to get me or wanting to hurt me, you know, whether it was bullies in school or whether it was strict parents uh, with punishments at home and screaming. So this was like, this gave me a hope and it gave me like a, a vision of, wow, like there are good people out there in the world. And what I have to do is go out there and find them. And something in my brain also said, I need to become one of them so that they want to hang out with me. So, because if I'm oh. going to be one, like one of these bullies or like my parents who would just scream at each other all the time, even if I meet them, they're not going to want to be around me. Right. So I need to become more like them so that I can hang out with them and I can have be in their world. And after that, soon after that, I was still didn't know what to do. Right. But I was still depressed, still social anxiety, at least, but now at least I have hope and I had a vision. So what I did after, I just picked up my phone once again and I Googled how to be happy and I Googled how to be confident. And I came across trainings, videos, books. One of the most um, powerful books that I read at the time was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started diving deeper into psychology and human behavior and relationships and all this as a 13 year old kid, just studying outside of school after, after school hours going deep in it and eventually started changing my habits and started becoming more happy, started improving myself, changed my mindset and um, got myself out of this depression and was able to overcome my social anxiety. And then eventually it's like, I need to go out and share this with other people because I didn't learn this in school. Nobody else shared this with me. I had to go out by myself and find it due to my bad situation. And then a lot of people also started saying in my life, like, hey, like you're one of the friendliest, open, most open and most happy people that I've ever met. Like, what's going on? Like, why? How? Um, people started asking, like, what's my secret? I was like, well, that's very interesting because, you know, a couple of years ago, I was super depressed. I hated myself. I was thinking about killing myself, for God's sake. And, and now people are saying that I'm one of the happiest people. And I wasn't faking. And that's a, that's a interest, important point to make here as well. I wasn't faking it, but I really felt it because I had a lot of pride and a lot of, a lot of confidence and a lot of um, happiness and peace from inside of what I was able to do. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I want to pull out a couple of things that you said that I really think... Uh, honestly, women in particular need need to hear. Um, and the first is that even at a young age, and I do want to give people hope 
even if you don't identify these things at a young age, you can awaken at any point that you realized these are the two facets of my life and I don't love it. So it's it's okay to start to step up and realize I can change these things. Um, and I love that you you then realized I can find this on the internet. Like we have these things right at our fingertips and don't realize it. And I think too many times just wallow in in our misery and keep ourselves there. So I love that you talked about you really dove into you to change this, realizing that this wasn't a good situation. Um, so I, I also, you know, recognize you, you talked about, you realized you weren't a happy person. And that is also about our self-reflection of, are you feeling the emotions you want to feel and what can you change about it to get there? So I really commend you that, you know, that, that you noticed that. And I do want to dive a little deeper into, um, you know, you were being bullied and, you know, you had, and what you heard at home was fighting. So was there like a, a point that, that you realized, or maybe not so much a point of like, but you started doing some things. So was it more of like a, a studying? Like what were your next steps? What would be some tips that you could give someone that says, I, you know what, I feel like I'm not happy also because I'm not happy with these things in my life. What would you tell someone? Yeah, yeah. Great, great question. And thank you for acknowledging uh, what, I've, what I've done. So I would say kind of first step or maybe the step number zero is what I tell people is you have to take responsibility and, and it kind of ties into the self-awareness. So when you, if you're at a point where like, I'm not really happy and I'm not really sure what's, what to do, what's happening. If you take responsibility for your, for yourself, for your own happiness, that can give you power, right? Like we've all heard the quote mm -hmm. with great power comes great responsibility for a Spider-Man, right? But it can also <laughs> go the other way around with great responsibility comes great power. So I'll give it, give you a specific example from my life. Like one of the things that I got bullied for was that I was small, shy, and weak, right? And then, okay, so I couldn't really do anything about being small, right? Because that was just, you know, how I was. But, but I could do something about being weak and being shy, right? So I had to take responsibility over, okay, like it's not, my, it's not really my fault that I, I'm this way. But it is now my responsibility to, to fix it or do something about it. And the, the bullies, they are right in a way. Like I was shy. I was, you know, uh, insecure. I was weak. So yeah. I had to do something about, um, about that. So I had to take responsibility for it, which is very hard. And it is not the same as taking fault or taking blame for it. Right. But it is you have to take responsibility for for yourself because nobody else is going to fix it. Only you can fix it. Right. So if you take the responsibility, now you take the power back from the bullies to do something about it. So that's like step zero, um, which is just like a mental shift. And then then you can start getting into the habits. And I think I have three or four kind of steps or habits that I um, tell people and walk people through when I work with them. And that's number one is a confidence building habit. 
something that makes you feel stronger physically and that transfers into social and mental strength as well. So as an example for me, that was waking up at 5 a.m. and going for a run before school. And I've been doing that at this point for a decade. And it was very wow. difficult, right? It's not something that's easy. And that's the point. It's something that is difficult, but it makes you feel stronger. And then on top of that, bonus points for a, for a confidence building habit like this that I just randomly slipped into, it made me feel like I was a badass, like I was really cool. Because now I wasn't the, the shy, weak person anymore, but I was the guy who's waking up at 5 a.m. before school going for a run, right? So yeah. and that's very different identity and that's a very different feeling and that creates a, a very different level of confidence within yourself and self-belief. So that would be step number one, uh, get yourself a confidence building habit. Step number two is, yeah, learn, like you said, study it, learn communication skills, confidence skills, social skills, all these things are something that we are not taught in school. Emotional intelligence. We are there. They just don't teach us any of these classes. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I did, I did, um, what, 10 years of primary school, four years of high school, and then one week of university. I'll get into that maybe a little bit later. <laughs> uh, but none of these schools had any courses about um, emotional intelligence or confidence or communication, communication skills or interpersonal skills. So I had to learn. Great example is the book that I already mentioned, How to Influence and Influence People. It sounds kind of corny, like kind of like you, you want to manip manipulate people in a way. At least that's how I kind of felt when I first read the title. But when you actually start reading the book, it, it's not that way at all. It's super genuine. It's really amazing. Foundational ideas and mindsets and skills about dealing and communicating with people on an authentic level. Yeah. And step number three would be look into your own limiting beliefs, look into your own kind of mindset and your own habits and start changing those. Like, do you have any beliefs and, or any bad habits that are holding you back from whatever you want to do or from being happier, more fulfilled, having more clarity about what you want in life? Right? And start getting some of that self-awareness, especially limiting beliefs, um, which, is, which are very powerful. And a lot of the times we don't, we're not aware of them. And then step number four is exposure therapy. So you cannot get good at anything if you don't practice it. Like practice doesn't really make perfect, but practice make, makes progress, right? Yeah. So if you, um, as an example, what I started doing after I had my, um, my running habit for maybe a year or almost two years, after I've been learning and studying this internally, after I've been kind of digging into psychology and limiting beliefs and what does that mean? I said, okay, now it's time for me to overcome my social anxiety. And you know, if there's a lot of girls listening, maybe this is going to be uh, interesting insight and valuable insight for you as well from like a perspective of guys and boys. What I was most scared of was getting rejected by women, by girls and talking to girls, right? And that was what, what was a big cause of my, my fears and my social anxiety and my depression as well. And so what I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start introducing myself to people, but more specifically girls on the bus on my way to school. And I thought if I can do that on the bus, when there's, you know, a small space with a lot of people around, if I can do it in this environment, I'll be able to do anything. And then I felt like, okay, I can do this maybe because I've been running for a while at 5 a.m. Back then it felt impossible to do this, but I did it. So this feels kind of impossible, but I think I can do it as well. 
and I failed a couple of times, but eventually I did it. Um, so that taught me a lot about, you know, how to speak to people, how to introduce myself, how to start a conversation, how to keep the conversation going, how to deal with the awkward silences and how to ask questions, what questions to ask body language and reading body language, my own body language, everything that goes into social interactions. I learned by doing that. And at first, like the first time that I ever was finally able to have the courage to walk up and say, hello, my name is Ondra. What's your name? In a bus. It was so awkward. And there was, I, I felt like I was so embarrassed and embarrassed myself completely, but I needed to go through that as exposure therapy very nicely. And they could probably tell that I was like very nervous about it. Right. So they treated me very nicely about it. Um, and yeah, so by practicing that, that's how I got good at talking to people and eventually was able to start teaching it to others as well. So exposure therapy means that you put yourself out there. You do it even when you're scared, even when you don't know how to do it yet. And if you're afraid of rejections, if you get rejected, rejected once, it hurts very much. If you get rejected three times, it hurts like a little bit less. If you get rejected 100 times, you don't care anymore. It's just one of those, right? So the more you put yourself out there and the more you experience it, you find out, oh, I'm actually okay on the other side. It, it hurt a little bit. It was embarrassing. But now I'm just continue living my normal life. So it, it's not as painful. It's not as scary for the brain. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. And I, I just want to, I want to go back to the first thing you said, which was taking responsibility. Because I do, I feel like too many people live in that victim mentality and you certainly could have um but you know taking the responsibility is i think key to the rest of it is acknowledging i do have control of this and and then realizing what makes me feel powerful and confident um and then the limiting beliefs i think will hit home with a lot of women because i think it's what keeps them in that place, that midlife place of, oh, this is my comfort zone. And this is what I was told growing up and, you know, all the things. And then the progress. I, yes, practice does not make perfect, <laughs> um, but it does. It makes it less scary the next time we do it and just diving in. But I love that you talk to people on the bus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is scary in itself. <laughs> That's fun though. Um, but yeah, I think those are, and they can be small steps, um, but they're, they're good steps to get started. And, you know, I, 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 that your quick little story about one week in university, only one week, my goodness. Only I think one that, week. that might give some people some hope of, because I think that might also be a limiting belief is I don't have the education I need to be successful or to move past this. Um, so tell us your story about that. Okay. Well, there was a lot that went into it. I'll, I'll take a step back a little bit. So in high school, in my country, especially, we already have specialized high schools. So in high school, uh, from around 16 years of age to until 19, I studied automation, robotics, programming, um, electronics, right? So very specialized in this area. And I was very good at it. Like I was 
one of the top of the class, like maybe first or second in class, even when when we graduated. So it was <laughs> it was a big shock to everybody when I was dropping out, like after the first week. And the reason was the reason know. was that it wasn't like I was a expected to be a dropout, you know. But so the, the reasoning for me was in the last in my last year of high school, I already started my business of helping people with social anxiety. I was sharing my stories. I was trying to look for clients. I created a couple of courses and I was able to sell a, bunch, a, a couple of copies of my course. So I've already also like made, it was not significant at all, but it was like a little tiny bit of money that I, so I had kind of proof, okay, this, this is actually, this might actually work. And I've been studying it for, you know, my whole last year of high school, along with studying for my final exams and all that, I was still learning. I was already learning about online businesses and the online world and autobiographies of, of people who started with nothing and now are millionaires, built companies and all this. And so that showed me that, okay, a lot of these people, some of them did, but a lot of these people didn't go to, to university. But when I also, I, I must add, in my country, Universities are free or most universities are free. You can go to a private one, which is not free, but most universities are free. So I was like, okay, well, there's no reason for me not to go because it's free, you know, and I'm, I'm, I can build my business still on the side and, and just study university. And then there was two things that happened when I got to university back in 2020, right? First, on the first week of university, my programming professor, which was what I was really interested in, being able to program robots and uh, do automation and i was pretty good at it as well during high school i already had an internship and all this like i said i was like a smart kid right and my programming professor told me yeah like you're already really good at this you're pretty smart but you're not going to learn anything new here you're not going to learn programming here I'm like what do you mean well if you really want to learn this and if you really want to take it seriously then you have to learn by yourself at home and outside of all of these classes and i was like well, that doesn't make sense. So why should I then? Why should I take these classes here then? Oh, it's like knowledge that kind of goes along with it, but you don't really need it. But you need it for the paper. Oh, wow. I, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Why do I need this piece of paper? And also, like a big part of my brain was already thinking about entrepreneur, like the business world, where you don't need any certifications, you don't need any papers, you can just do stuff by yourself. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why should I do that? It's and then the last hit of this first week was that COVID hit and schools closed oh. down, right? And we went from online, from in-person classes to online classes only. And that was the last one was like, if I'm going to, if I have to learn at home by myself, at home, online, why should I study and learn something that's useless for me for a piece of paper? When I could hire uh, a business coach or when, when I could maybe, you know, work and get my courses about business and work on this, that's going to immediately affect my life. And then also stepping a little bit back, a big part of my reasoning that I didn't mention was the way I overcame my social anxiety and my biggest problem and my depression in my life. It wasn't through school, right? It was with something that I learned outside of school. So I quickly learned through experience that school, there was, they were always talking about, no, you need this, 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 this for the future. 
for all of that in the future for maybe 10 years later when you're when you're going to be able to use this maybe if by chance and then what by what i learned online by myself through self-education i was able to immediately apply and it be immediately changed the quality of my life within months um wow. and move like up up in life like improve the quality of my life and that was like Okay, well, school doesn't really make sense for me. Well, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you shared that story because I it it does it hits right on. You know, you were expected to go, you know, through university. This is where you were, um, and that it's okay to break that mold and say, you know what, this isn't what is expected, but it doesn't make sense for me. So I yeah. I love that you you realized. You know, and not that there's not to discount education, of course, um, but I, I love the assessing of is, you know, is this worth it? And just because I'm expected to do this doesn't mean I have to. I think that's yeah. great. I think yeah. definitely not to not to discount or discourage education. No, encourage education. Super important. But learn what is actually practical and applicable like meaningful um and that's why that's what i what i discovered in self-education when i was like okay i want to learn this because this is going to impact my life i'm going to go out and, and and learn this um through self-education so it's not like oh i'm not, i don't need education no you do need education you need to be a lifelong learner i still have courses i still have coaches i still go to events masterminds all this right i still i'm still continuing to learn it's just not within the traditional system of schooling that has been I, I could go for a long time about what's good or what's <laughs> bad about the school system um but yeah also personal like you said i wasn't encouraged to get to, to get out of school like i was again my parents very strict da, da, da. i was screamed at at home how dare i think about dropping out if you're gonna do this you're throwing your life away you're you're being completely dumb why would you even consider this? This is completely stupid. Why, right? So it was a it was a tough decision at the time because I wasn't supported with it at all, especially from my family. And then, of course, in school, like the smart kid is dropping out. What's going on here? <laughs> so, so it was it was stigma. definitely a mix. yeah. And then yeah, I had to start working full time. I had to start paying rent at home because my my parents were if you drop if you drop out okay you're ready you're an adult you're gonna grow up it was 19 right it's like okay work full time pay rent at home pay for your own food do everything by yourself and I was like well it's still more worth it at least you might in my case in my scenario that to me yeah. was more worth it than staying in school and spending those four to five years studying something for a paper that I wouldn't use and wasting all that time yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and yes, and that's something I work with women on is, you know, not staying in that same place just because it's what's expected or what someone yes. sees for you. So, oh, I love that. So Andre, tell us um, what listeners can expect from you. Do you have something to offer? Where can they find you? Um, and if you're driving, it will, this will be in the show notes, um, but share that with us. All right. Well, mostly the best place where you can find me or contact me or experience what I do is 
regular, I'd host regular virtual open mic events on Saturdays where we have a mix of poetry, music, dance, storytelling, all of it kind of combined. It's for creative people who want to either share something for, um, with the world and connect with other creatives, other like-minded, open-minded people. And especially my, my passion and my love for these events is having people who have never shared something before, but they want to do it for the very first time. So that's the space to do it. We create this amazing, safe, supportive space where if you've been singing and you've been wanting to share, for example, but you've been too shy, too scared to share in front of other people because maybe you're going to not do, do so great. You're going to get booed, rejected, whatever. Um, that's a space to be where you can come and do that. And outside of that, you can contact me or uh, see my content and see what I do. Follow my journey as a, as a nomad as well on my Facebook and Instagram account. That's great. Thank you so much. Ah, and our last question, and even though you're a guy, because even guys can be beautifully confident, what does it mean to be beautifully confident to you? Wonderful question. Okay, awesome. Beautifully confident to me would mean quiet confidence. And what I mean by that is um, arrogance can be loud. Arrogance is usually loud and confidence is more, more often quiet. And so as an example, the get back to my kind of childhood, my bullies, they were very loud and they were like, worried, like, oh, right. And they seemed very confident. And I was like, well, I kind of want to have their confidence, but I don't want to have be the, the same kind of person. Right. So, so the way I look at quiet confidence is when you are so confident and you, you have self-belief that you don't need to be loud to prove it to other people. And you can just sit back in the room when you go to networking events or when you go to events, for example, right? And you can just sit back in the corner of the room and just sit there and smile and not feel like a loser that you're not talking to anybody, not feel like a uh, like an introvert or that you cannot speak to anybody and just smile there, sit there, co comfortable, confident, and that will attract people to come talk to you. And I've been testing this out uh, on events here in LA as I go to network and it works beautifully because a lot of the times we kind of feel pressure Oh, I have to go out and start the conversation. I have to go out and, and speak to the people over there in order to be to show that I'm confident and all this. So the quiet confidence to me is letting people talk first, not trying to impress people, but be more curious instead of trying to share of your accomplishments and all this, asking questions. And um, yeah, being confident within, not only out there, which is easy to fake. And a lot of people do fake it. So quiet confidence cannot be fake. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to have to try that at some events to just exude the confidence because we don't need to be shouting it from the rooftops. I love that. Um, so just some keys for that. Smiling is super key. If you're not, if you're sitting in a room in, in, in the back of the room and you're not smiling, nobody's going to come over to talk to you. Maybe very rarely somebody's going to ask, Hey, are you okay? Like what's, what's happening? You know, and, and, and then body language. So again, like if you're like, um, if you're going to be sitting like this, then again, like you, you look scared. That's not confidence. Right. But if you're going to sit like this and maybe wave, um, shoulders maybe back. Just wave shoulders back, you know, straight. When maybe just wave at somebody who's passing by and they're going to be curious, like, 
what's this person doing here sitting in a corner waving at people smiling, you know? And that, that strikes curiosity. And now they want to talk to you. And what I found out as well, it's like a lot of the times when you're in events, you're like, oh my God, there's 50 or 70 people here. Who do I go talk to first? So it acts like a filter. And naturally, sometimes the people who kind of gravitate towards you, you can build a, a more meaningful and deeper relationship or a conversation with them because they've kind of gravitated towards you and your energy, just what you were like putting out there instead of going out and trying to talk to everybody. Yeah. So you can play around with it. You can test it out. Sometimes it's better. It's both. To, it's good. I found out that it's good to have both um, strategies in your kind of tool belt. Um, so you can test out both uh, both them. Sometimes, you know, it's not going to work. Sometimes it's going to work very well. Depends on the environment. Oh, Andre, thank you so much for this conversation today. I just absolutely love your heart. And I just think it's so important what you're doing and, and helping people get out of that, that social anxiety. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was amazing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us on the Beautifully Confident Show. And to continue your journey on being beautifully confident um, or something touched you that Andre talked about, please connect with us. Our contact is in the show notes and we would love to hear from you. Thank you for so much for being here. Are you fed up with feeling exhausted and drained? I was some years ago until I took action to reclaim my confidence. Are you ready to regain your self-assurance and dive into a fulfilling professional journey that you adore? It's time to embrace the perfect blend of self-care and effective time management. Book a strategy call with me on my Beautifully Confident podcast website where we'll team up and design a seamless work-life action plan tailored just for you. Take a peek at my 12-week She Elevates Now program, where we delve into the depths and establish lasting habits that will transform your life. Let's partner up and make magic happen. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.